jump shot uh, yeah <laughs> well i'd like to think that it uh, clanged off the backboard um but unfortunately i think you you nailed it <laughs> anyways uh welcome to another episode of sophia's choice a golden girls podcast i am alan and joined by a man who's going to raise as many rabbits uh, joined by a man who's going to raise a rabbit as big as your head <laughs> brent and a, uh, <laughs> so I'm the George in this <laughs> And a, a moronic Scandinavian nitwit, Ski. <laughs> uh, today we are going to go over Season 7, Episode 4. Let's see. Uh, thanks for... Oh, that's for me to know. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's for me to know. Gosh, my handwriting there was terrible. So yes, <laughs> Season 7, Episode 4, that's for me to know. Uh, Ski's going to be doing our recap. Thankfully, he knows the <laughs> title of the episode uh, better than I do. Uh, I don't have any interactions to go over today. Do either of you two have anything? No. I, I like interacting TV. with you guys. And it brings yeah. me a, a great amount of joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you guys a few other uh, potential openings that I had considered. Go for it. None of them were great, but uh, Uncle <laughs> Nunzio's pet. Say what? Uncle Nunzio's pet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about introducing one of you as a uh, man who single-handedly invented the ransom note. <laughs> uh, and then I... Really, really considered introducing Brent as a, a man who's uh, good with his hands, dumb as a stump, and doesn't mind showing his buns when he bends over. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so wordy, and I was yeah. sure I would stumble over it. I can stumble <laughs> over a single sentence I don't need. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you got through it just fine that time, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went better that time around, but anyways. Brent's uh, always got you on edge at the beginning, though. Like, you know he's going to pounce, kind of like a cat that's kind of shaking its butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spray in the corner. <laughs> I meant like getting ready to jump. But, right, uh, yeah. yeah. That's funnier though. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ski is doing our recap today, so it's... with nothing else to go over uh, early in this episode, so you can go ahead and take it away. Jump into it. You got anything, Mr. Britt? No, no. I no. already asked him, mm-hmm. and he said no. All right, yes, I must uh... <laughs> Sorry. You need, to, you need to be in the moment, Ski. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was so ready. Right. I was really controlling that cat joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Season uh, seven, episode four. Episode title is That's for Me to Know. I thought it was uh, Thanks for the Memories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when I'm reading that, I was like. I believe that's uh, Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mind thought that that's was thanks. When I look at it now, it looks like that's, but I just immediately went to that or thanks for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks for me tomorrow. <laughs> 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 so I'm glad he corrected me relatively quickly <laughs> as I was struggling. The original air date was October 12th, 1991. 
I have no idea what happened on October 12th, but I could have looked it up if I cared more, I guess. <laughs> there's a sol- I was a better human. There's a solid chance that another episode of the Golden Girls uh, premiered <laughs> on that day as well. That would be kind of awesome to find out there's like a mirror uh, like I'm, season I where like all the dates were the same. Episode five of season, season one. one. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good chance. Maybe. I mean, I know that they did occasionally do odd things with the days that they would yeah. fall. And of course, sometimes there's a week off here and there. But yeah, like holidays or one, something. I would bet. I bet a strong amount that uh, they that, might co- coincide. Yeah, at least mm-hmm. for a little bit. If I remember, I'll definitely look it up. See how much they uh, coincide with one yeah. another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I, one was. Oh, go ahead. I bet there's probably at least 250 days upon which an episode of The Simpsons dropped. Oh yeah. I, I, let's see. So how many? We're over 700 episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say 250 is definitely a reasonable guess. Mm-hmm. So. Because, yeah, I would think, I don't know if any episode would have ever actually dropped on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, or possibly Thanksgiving Day, because, you know, it generally mm-hmm. doesn't ever come out on a Thursday anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, date-wise, yeah, I guess just calendar date, that wouldn't matter. I'm sure that those dates in November would still be covered. Yeah. But we'd be talking about maybe 4th of July. But if it was 4th of July, well, being over summer the summer. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, I guess that you would have to knock out a lot of the summer months, because they typically wouldn't. Yeah. So 250 might be a bit high. Because there's nothing May, usually like mid-May. Yeah. There'd be nothing later than that. And it seems like it's normally October before they really come around. Yeah. I mean, even in seasons where they premiered earlier, September is the earliest you're looking. Yeah. So you've got like three months, four months almost blocked out. Yeah. But there have been times it didn't start until November. Yeah. So, so maybe more like 200 days instead of 250. You think so? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Why don't you research that after the episodes? <laughs> <laughs> this day in Simpsons history. Yeah. Make me a line chart or something like that. <laughs> a, line a bar chart. graph, whatever. Whatever Season you like. Five, seven, twelve, and ninety-five. <laughs> yeah. All have the same day. <laughs> all the prime seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of creepy. That'd be kind of. Anyway, this one was written by a man. I'm assuming man named Kevin Abbott. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, yourself some you never know. Room, yeah. You know. Directed by again Lex Pasaris. Mm-hmm. The sixth episode or seventh episode of 15, correct? <laughs> it's seven of 21. Yeah. Oh, we have 15 left. Okay. Um, we open in the kitchen. We see Rose and Dorothy are already in there. And Sophia then enters and makes a crack about uh, Dreyfus having uh, been humping their lawn fl- flamingo. Dorothy uh, says that they don't have one. And Sophia then says, Oh, well, then we best you know tip the paper boy. Mm-hmm. But it was at night. And she said something like, Hey, you guy, I couldn't sleep overnight. So why would the paper boy have been out and uh, delivering paper? Well, mm-hmm. I guess maybe of early morning. I can see that. Why does he have such skinny legs? That seems, <laughs> seems like as a paper boy, he should have bulked up those legs a bit. You know, you think? Well, cycling or walking, one or the other. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he had one of those uh, electric wheelchairs, and his legs were just you know too spindly to carry himself. Could be, and apparently a prominent Roman nose. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dog knocked him out of the uh, you know wheelchair, so right. <laughs> he was helpless to. <laughs> To support himself or, es- or escape Dreyfus's love. <laughs> right. Uh, Dorothy is reviewing a uh, photo album uh, sitting on the table, assembling a family history uh, for their grandchildren, just a little project, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells her mother that she'll need her help. Sophia questions, even Uncle Nunzio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dorothy says, yeah, she does want to include him, but that they will claim that the goat was a pet. Right. Rose comments that... Uh, all families in uh, St. Olaf uh, can trace their lineage back to the same brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. 
She's, I think she even uh, says, oh, it's easy for us. Yeah. <laughs> and Dorothy comments that that uh, just completed the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, after thinking a bit, Sophia questions why her daughter's uh, putting together this history uh, and assumes that she must have gotten bad news from the doctor and that she's dying. Right. Uh, Dorothy reassures her that, you know, she's as healthy as a horse or a camel, uh, as described by her physician. Dorothy says that that's likely an equivalent of his, equivalent in his country of origin, which uh, seems a tad racist by today's standards. Yeah. Uh, Blanche then uh, enters from the back of the room uh, and excitedly tells the girls that she's spoken to a contractor who is able to begin installing a hot tub the very next day. Mm-hmm. Because they are so, you know, well off right now. Right, yeah, just flush with cash. <laughs> All the time. It <laughs> yeah. seems like they're always putting a new project together. Mm-hmm. Well, they no longer pay nurse to farge, so. Right, right yeah. Money's got to go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. How much would a daily nurse, do you think, cost? I mean, even back in 1991, I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be more than Dorothy would make as a substitute teacher. One would think. I'd like to think the money came from, uh, she's been saving up for a while. Remember Sophia's uh, friend that was in the nursing home? And couldn't afford it, so they put her in a nicer place. Mm-hmm. And Blanche had that bonus gotcha. that she was going to put. I'd like to think that maybe that friend died, and Blanche yeah. just had that <laughs> right. residual income coming in, and that's yeah. like a oh, hot tub. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is a happy way to they look at it. They could have like as a, a memorial hot tub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think she died too, but you know, it's the whole pain and misery thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what keeps them going. <laughs> See last week's episode, folks, mm-hmm. or listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch it. It's on the YouTube. Right. Well, Not I mean, taking it down. I mean, our our last episode. That's yeah, where that's what Alan, I'm saying. Alan made the crack about you living off of uh, pain and misery. Yeah, yes, I know. I'm saying you watch it on the YouTube. Yeah, we we live stream all these. Huh. That's, that's why the camera's huh. two inches from your computer. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we live stream it on the computer camera that's just pointed at ski all the time. <laughs> <laughs> at a very odd and unforgiving angle. <laughs> right. And, like, a lot of times you're barely engaged. <laughs> He's over there picking and scratching. Yeah. It's like, oh, give the viewers what they want. Blow my nose. That's why we have so many ASMR followers. That's right. right. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, for Ski, we just isolate out his sound of him doing whatever. <laughs> it's, it's our own fault for promoting it on boogieboy.com. <laughs> Boogie Boy. <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing. I don't know what it would be. Though. I'm sure it is too. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I didn't know where you were going with it, or if it was something that I was not aware of. What a boogie boy is? Because <laughs> he's picking and stuff. Ah, so I was like, okay. yeah, with boogies. I see. <laughs> so, oh he's, yeah. He's kind of like yeah. booger boy. Then yeah. basically, okay. I thought you were like picking at my skin or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like I thought a boogie boy was some sort of a version of a fuck boy. Or <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he'll dance with anybody. <laughs> he's a boogie boy. <laughs> Back to it. Uh, Rose marvels at the fact that Blanche was able to push uh, through the permits so quickly for the hot tub. Blanche clarifies that she most certainly does not intend to involve the government in this project. Rose then unleashes a short deluge of info about home construction requirements. Dorothy is temporarily impressed, but Rose follows this up with a semi-stupid comment. I think she says, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, Rose is from the land of Bob Vila. So right. Right, yeah. She knows these things. We change scene. Uh, we see okay. doors. Do oh, you have more? No, I'm ready to change scene. Though. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy is uh, getting frustrated with her mother when she gives uh, a likely exaggerated version of how her parents met, uh, claiming that uh, her father invented the ransom note. 
Uh, Dorothy claims that if Sophia won't take it seriously, she'll do the history project alone, which earlier she specifically said she wanted her help. So uh, She then goes uh, to pick up a small wooden box, but Sophia tears it from her hands, telling her to keep away from that. Dorothy asks what's in the box, but her mother won't tell her. Well, duh. If she ripped it away, obviously she doesn't want her to know, right? Right. I assume it's Polaroids of a sausage and pepper stamp. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything from her uh, last... Uh, you know, marriage, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Remember she got married to, uh, what's his name? Max. Yeah. Yeah. That was our feature that should come back someday. Yeah, I'm sure it will someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a Brent feature. So. <laughs> if, if you're bemoaning the lack of condition kibitz features. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> Next, next recording sesh. <laughs> uh, she then says that she wouldn't infringe on her privacy before then yanking it away from, uh, by distracting Sophia, uh, who then in turn uses a similar ploy to steal the uh, box back from her daughter, claiming that her daughter's reflexes are uh, lacking. Yeah. I think she says your reflexes are a joke or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blanche enters wearing a uh, short robe, asking Dorothy if she wants to guess what's underneath it. Dorothy asks, you know, that guy from the circus. <laughs> and she is uh, apparently wearing a two-piece swimsuit that she intends to show off when the young male construction workers are uh, setting up the hot tub. Dorothy uh, declines to see the suit uh, while Blanche fantasizes about ogling the uh, installers. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like construction workers are what would be required to set up a hot tub? I feel like it would just be on, like the hot tub delivery it guy. So. Yeah, it seems like just a contractor or two would be able to get it done. Yeah. I don't imagine guys in hard hats and <laughs> yeah. whatnot. It seemed like it'd be a couple of college kids would just set it up and plug it in. Yeah, everything. exactly. Uh, depends on if it's uh, in ground, though. That takes a little more, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Rose brings out a box she found while playing uh, under, or while she was playing under her bed. It happens to be the same box Sophia was trying to keep from Dorothy. When Rose asks uh, whose it is, Dorothy looks at her uh, and tells her she can't lie to that beautiful face. Or she can't look at that face and tell a lie, and then claims that it belongs to her. Right. She takes the box and exits. Uh, just then, the doorbell rings, and an older man named Don introduces himself, saying that he's there regarding the hot tub. Blanche smiles and says that word does travel fast, but that it's not installed yet. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I like again, too. I, I don't know if like is exactly the right word, but it does give me, you know, I don't know. I enjoy the fact that she's fairly uh, non-discerning. <laughs> that it's like, yeah, Don isn't exactly like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not exactly Swa- Rocco. Rico yeah. Suave yeah. there. So, yeah, I'm glad about the fact that she's like, oh, it's just a dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he seems like he's down later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yeah, I'll come over and be in your hot tub. Right. <laughs> he explains that he's actually the city inspector. The plant immediately shuts the door and hollers that he can't come in that the house is quarantined because they all have, Blanche says, quick, Rose, give me a deadly disease. <laughs> Rose is like, oh, I'm sorry, Blanche, I don't have a deadly disease. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a great line. Yeah, yeah, Blanche glares back at her and says, well, get one. Mm-hmm. That was actually my favorite line of the episode. I thought that yeah. was pretty good. Uh, she then lets Don into the house, and he laughingly states that they've uh, gotten off to a bit of a rocky start. He tells them that he was responding to information from a Lois Nyland Rose corrects him and says that it's actually Rose, similar to Rose in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And then he adds, like, oh, <laughs> and also the flower, which is how it's spelled. Right. 
Rose agrees with a smile as if she'd never it had never occurred to her before. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Blanche asks Rose if she can uh, see her in the kitchen quickly, and Rose keeps uh, the comedy train moving and replies, I don't know. Why don't you go in there and find out? Hmm. Uh, they enter the kitchen where Dorothy is uh, struggling to jimmy the box open. Blanche yell, yell whispers <laughs> mm-hmm. that she should have had her horse whipped, talking to Rose, of course. Right. But Dorothy spurts back that she hasn't even opened the box yet <laughs> uh, before realizing that she was not the one being talked to. Blanche continues that uh, she feels betrayed by Rose because she contacted the city when she specifically asked her not to. Rose says that she didn't feel comfortable being part of that lie. Uh, really, if she just kept out of it, I don't think she would have been part of, partial to the lie, really. Right? Yeah. The sin of omission still counts. Yeah, I guess in the Lord's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think... <laughs> well, you're very presumptuous to think that you know how it's looked at in the Lord's eyes. Exactly. <laughs> I was just talking about Don's eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, if, if you live in a place, I wonder what the culpability would be, because... Rose does not own the property, right? Yeah, she still seeks benefits from it, though. You think that would be... Yeah, like in a court of law. Yeah, like, it's one of those things that, like, um, like if if we turn this podcast into an LLC, uh-huh. okay, um, and then, you know, management over here uh, <laughs> starts fudging the books or whatever, um, if there's a financial benefit to that, even if you and I are ignorant of it, we're still culpable. And we're still liable for, you know, paying back whatever funds he absconds with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if I if I fail to report that book. <laughs> that we you did claim it, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't want I don't want you guys to go down for my misdeeds. <laughs> That's why I put a file in the friendship cake. That's what that crunch hotel. was. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. She didn't feel comfortable being part of the lie. Uh, Blanche tries to garner support from Dorothy, claiming that you know there are times when it's okay to lie. Dorothy, however, does not agree and says that it's always wrong. And then asks them if they happen to have a bobby pin handy right. while she's still working on the box. Blanche tells Rose that she's uh, bu- budgeted the hot tub very specifically, like down to the last penny. I think she says, and that if she gets saddled with some kind of permit cost, it's on her. Then she storms back into the living room. Rose kind of scoffs at this comment, uh, and uh, Dorothy admits that the box is actually Sophia's and that she can't open it. Rose uh, tells her that she's very proud of her, and then she exits. Dorothy says to herself, I can't open it with a bobby pin, right. maybe with a butter knife. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like if you're basically just going to get into it and you don't care what you know method you do, then it just becomes like, why don't you just use a freaking hammer? You, right. you know, there's one way or another you can get into it. If you're going to essentially break the box in order to get into <laughs> it anyway, it seems like why bother trying to partially preserve it <laughs> by just busting it open with the butter Well, knife. you could damage the contents. That's true. I mean, I guess you do want to have a little bit more uh, care to it than that. And maybe she wants it to still be able to close properly. Yeah, true. Whether or not it latches or not <laughs> becomes irrelevant to her. Yeah. Uh, we change the scene again. Uh, we see Blanche returning to the living with uh, Don and Rose... Uh, Oh, sorry, with Don and tells Rose that it, uh, they had worked it out after a quick uh, assessment, like an inspection. The program is only going to be $40, and that uh, tell, it turns out telling the truth was best. Mm-hmm. Rose replies that she's always been very good at citizenship. That, and guessing the weight of brood sows, mm-hmm. put that on her list of uh, you know talents up there with uh, smelling rats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blanche tells her to shut up, 
uh, obviously don't want to hear a Rose story. Right. Rose kind of puts on a sour face and simply says, 135. Yeah, that was funny. That was a sick burn. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 135 doesn't seem very well, heavy, though, to me. Yeah, but calling her a brood sow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, the 135 is a generous um, <laughs> estimate, I would guess. But uh, You the, say like 155? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I'm very bad. I, I would I would do terrible at the carnival mm-hmm. if that was my job. I'd be giving, <laughs> giving away cupid dolls. Left exactly. right. <laughs> Best three out of five. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Seems like it'd be a little easier ten. to guess the weight the second time. <laughs> I get ten, ten chances to be within five pounds. <laughs> exactly. Put if that I... churro down. No cheating. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but then as Don is heading out the uh, I don't door, much care for churros. Like, they're okay, but I'm not, like, it seems like people really enjoy them, and I don't. It depends. I'm an elephant ear guy. Myself. Yeah. I like elephant ears. Yeah. I, I like, like funnel cakes, too. Yeah, I like cinnamon things in general. I mean, cinnamon flavored, or cinnamon topped desserts mm-hmm. are definitely among my favorites. Um, and I like churros, but definitely, I feel like they need more than just the plain churro by itself. Like, mm-hmm. an elephant ear by itself, just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing? Egg funnel cake, again, mm-hmm. by itself. Now, granted, typically there's some powdered sugar on it, just mm-hmm. fine. Oh, fruit topping on yeah. the funnel cake, yeah. But on a churro, if it's just a plain churro without, like, my uh, dad and the kids and I went to a Mexican restaurant recently, mm-hmm. and they had these, like, this churro pack you could get, uh, like, dessert that had nine mini churros, mm-hmm. and they each had, like, chocolate sauce and, like, mm-hmm. a whipped cream type stuff to dip it in. Yeah. They were amazing. Like a churro flight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was because it had additional parts. By itself, it's just too samey by the time you get after a few mm-hmm. bites. Yeah, there's a lot of diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I, I'm on board with you on that. Mm-hmm. I, I like them fine, but they're an average yeah. dessert, and that's from someone who loves cinnamon. Yeah. Do you like the uh, little cruncher things that you get from Taco Bell? No, no, those are always disappointing in my kid, opinion. As a kid, I feel like I absolutely loved them. Now as an adult, I'm like, eh. Nicole oh, the little cinnamon twists. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, I don't know if they changed them or if just I was the one that changed, which is very possible because <laughs> you get older, your taste obviously changed over time. Yeah. But uh, I remember as a kid, man, that was like the, the bee's knees. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, Back in the 50s when you used to. <laughs> exactly. I remember after Sunday meeting, we'd always go and <laughs> <laughs> get ourselves some cinnamon twists. Yeah, good. I'm a knee high and a coney. Ma, Pa, <laughs> can we go to the Taco Bell? All right. <laughs> now, Junior, you know we just went out five weeks ago. <laughs> you can't be like William City folk. I feel like you should start doing your own uh, back in St. Olaf's, but it should just be about <laughs> you know, like a fictional childhood of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking to Brent about doing like a multi-part series. Oh, really? Yeah, and that might be a, a way to go. Very nice. That'd be fun. So do you think like our next podcast should be some sort of like an <laughs> acting type situation? <laughs> All sign roles? Yeah. All right, Alan, you take uh, the, the rule of pa, <laughs> rent your ma, and I'm junior. Right. <laughs> Action. How do you feel about the fact your ma because of your high ladylike voice? <laughs> no, he, he just does a lot of the insulting of me a lot more. Uh, like so. your mom. <laughs> yeah, he, po- he pokes a lot at, at Alexis and stuff, so I figure that's my little jab back. Uh. It's still on the soft side, but you know. <laughs> There's nothing Brent likes better than a soft jab. Right? <laughs> exactly. I'd, I'd expect nothing less, or I guess nothing more. Right. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
on a, on a semi-related note, I got a, a troubling email, Brent. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. from your wife, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it said, Alan, I'd like to connect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, on, on the LinkedIn? Yeah. <laughs> she, she was asking me something like, about um, your organization and, you know, if they were, you know, generous with their salaries and different things like that. And I'm like, I don't know. I know that, you know, from reporting down, I know he's not generous with the old. <laughs> 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 Maybe his regular nine-to-five J-O-B <laughs> loosens the purse strings a bit more than he himself does on his side ventures. Right. <laughs> side <laughs> ventures. I'll say this. If she, if she has any desire to work for the company I work for now, <laughs> To me, I felt like they were generous with their pay, but I was also woefully underpaid at my prior job. Mm. So it could be that they're average, and I just mm. am used to getting shit on. Exactly. <laughs> so. Somebody hurt you previously. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel like the bell of the ball. Exactly. <laughs> You're appreciating the bowl of dry food they lay out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you mean I get it twice a day? <laughs> you mean I get water breaks and bathroom breaks? <laughs> right. Well, they have to go together, but <laughs> exactly, you got to make your own water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where is I? Oh, yeah. So Rose uh, gets the uh, one thirty-five comments about the brood style. Uh, then as Don is heading out the door, he comments that it's nice when people don't assume the city is out to get them, uh, because uh, obviously Rose trusts them. He looks down and sees some boxes on the ground. Like I'm not really sure why they were there. Do you guys remember why they're? No, well, I think they, it has something to do with them getting, maybe going through stuff for the... Oh, uh, the history thing. Yeah, for yeah, the history. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Pictures and whatnot, perhaps. But he asks if someone is moving in, and Rose makes a jovial comment that with the three of the golds renting from Blanche, they're practically sleeping on top of each other. And then uh, Don says, oh, you can't do that. But Rose assures him, oh, we all wear pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he clarifies that you know he's that you're not allowed to rent to more than two people without having some kind of boarding license. Which uh, brings, uh, you know, with it another permit of $80, but also requires, based on their house the way it is, would require about $10,000 worth of home renovations for the, up to code. What the fuck would he even be talking about? I don't even know. They never even begin to qualify yeah, what that would go towards. That whole thing bothered me. Like, it would not have bothered me so much had they been able to give any kind of thing of like, oh, this... You know, whatever. You have to do an extension or something. Or well, I just assume that one of their bedrooms didn't meet the definition of a bedroom. Oh, so they need to like put a window in there. But exactly. we've seen them all. Well, though, so how the fuck would Don know? I'll oh, pop a ten grand to put a window in that bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> needs a just, window or needs just a ball parking. You know, yeah, Sophia's using an arm wall. Yeah, I don't know. It I, just bothered I, me. I, I I get it. You know, it would be boring and too difficult for them to give reasons why they needed ten thousand dollars specifically mm-hmm. to improve the house. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like they could have been like, "Oh, with this many people, you'll need another bathroom or yeah. something." Yeah, uh, or a three car garage or yeah. something. You know, like you can't use street parking or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you could have given one example. Yeah, just at least. just a small thing that sounds expensive. <laughs> yeah, then just because he doesn't tell one anything line. else, he's like, "You'll need to make improvements, and it'll cost you ten grand." He's yeah, not no a contractor. Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> see the whole house. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. I don't think. Like, I mean, the only place he would have had to look would be like the the uh, lanai, right? Yeah, that's what Where I was. Where the hot tub would have gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they gave him a. Thing of uh, lemonade while he was there. I don't know. <laughs> says, hey, you want to take a tour of the house for no reason? Right. Uh, but yeah, so it so cost $10,000 more for who knows what. 
Blanche's jaw drops and tells uh, tells him that she can't afford that, even if she completely forgoes the hot tub. And I have a little personal comment that says, I'm astounded that she has that amount of money to begin with, uh, as they always seem strapped for cash. Mm-hmm. Don tells her that uh, she'll just have to drop a renter, which seems like a, a sweet way to, <laughs> yeah. to, to end their conversation, and that she has 48 hours to decide and mm-hmm. make it happen. I think that's probably not legal either. I think don't you have to give 30 days notice or something? I would think so. I mean, it would be something, too, where there's so many ways around it. <laughs> that they would be able to come up with a way. I, I don't know. I'm sure if at, at, at best or something, they could just find her yeah. or something, and she'd still have to give a 30-day notice. They could say that the renters are Dorothy and Sophia together, and uh-huh. that they were mm-hmm. together, and that Sophia exactly. just pays them. No, I'm just renting to these two, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, or so-and-so lives here for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's a, she's a house guest that just hasn't left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a million ways around it that don't have all the $10,000 in repair or, you know, upgrades, whatever. I would think that too. The but anyway, ramp that they would have to put in. For whatever reason, they needed a plot though, and mm-hmm. so this is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what pr- pr- propels that. I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he heads out to he heads out, and Blanche hollers for him. She turns to Rose and says that she's going to go catch him, <clears throat> but that she'll have to sleep with him. Yeah, <laughs> I guess to butter him up there. Rose gives a horrified look before uh, sitting down on the couch, and uh, upset Dorothy comes in. And uh, shows a photo to Rose that she found in that box that she finally jimmied open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a picture of Sophia in a wedding outfit. Doesn't say if it's a gown or something, but I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a man that uh, is not her father. She assu- assumes that Sophia must have been married to another man that uh, her mother has never spoken of. Mm-hmm. So we change scene now. Dorothy comes out uh, to see Sophia while she's uh, kind of lounging on the lanai. She tells her that uh, she has a few more questions regarding their family history. Sophia agrees, so long as they don't discuss that uh, the contents of that box that she was trying to hide from her. Right. Dorothy lies, saying that uh, she, <laughs> she completely forgot and slipped her mind. Her mother says that that happens to her as well, uh, because she's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she even like trails off like... Yeah. Do you remember what the, the gag was on that one? I can't remember offhand, but... Um, but yeah, she, but like mid-sentence, she loses track of what she was saying. Yeah. Dorothy asks her about the year 1920. Sophia tries to deflect it. But, oh, it's a bad year. But how about 1918? Uh, but her daughter is insistent. And so Sophia says uh, that in 1920, she sailed for America, which seems to me be a pretty big deal, I would think. Sure, yeah. Not sure why she would say it would be a bad year. Right. Uh, she characterized America as a land of opportunity with streets of gold. Isn't she always saying picture at Sicily 1922? Yeah, I Something like, like that, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, Dorothy asked her mother if she uh, had dated much that year. Sophia says no, and then her daughter pulls out this picture of her posing for a wedding photo with a man apparently named Guido. Mm-hmm. Sophia tries to play it off and says that it was uh, taken at the World's Fair with a picture with Guido Booth. <laughs> Or take a picture with a man named Guido. Uh, yeah. Dorothy calls her out on the uh, obvious lie and says that if she was married previously, uh, that she has a right to know. Sophia disagrees and says that she's uh, sticking her nose in where it doesn't belong. Similar to their old dog, Sandy. And mm-hmm. apparently Sal loved that dog. <laughs> so you think that the indication is that Sal loved like a dog's nose in his crotch, basically? I think that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe not the front, though. Mm. Maybe he went the back. Could be, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, it's clever. Sophia exits and uh, Dorothy belly aches to to Blanche about her mother keeping things from her after she'd bared her heart and soul 
Have you ever been told to quit your belly aching? Um, probably once or twice. <laughs> kind of goes with my uh, bee's knees comment, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my son had a volleyball game today, and uh, the coach on the other team, I don't know, like a kid, and maybe it was his son, because coaches do tend to be harder on their sons with these, you know, youth. Oh, did you ever coaches. say if they win or not? Uh, no, they lost. It was it's like a three game set, and they yeah. won. They lost first one, won the second one, and then they have like a tiebreaker game that was close. But I think the other team beat them like fifteen. Now, 13. isn't it? If, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it like if uh, one team wins two in a row, that's it? Yep, exactly. But then if each team wins, it goes to three. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, the the coach of this one, the other team, I, I don't know what the kid had said or did because he didn't really look. He had done much. Um, I think he may have been rubbing his thumb or something like that. And he was like, listen, you can either uh, suck it up and get through it or get in the game or just stay on the bench. <laughs> I was like, wow. Bench How old are these yeah. kids? <laughs> yeah, like fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> so. Oh, well, then. They're ready <laughs> they for don't, some tough love now. <laughs> they don't toughen up now. When will they? Yeah. The 56 uh, volleyball, Alan, that's where men are made. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I see all the future leaders of tomorrow there. <laughs> On one side, the future leaders. On the other side, the future criminals <laughs> <laughs> and virgins. Uh, so. <laughs> there are two kinds of fifth and sixth graders. Those that get tough love and succeed in life, mm-hmm. and those that don't and become podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> if only that coach. Exactly. <laughs> if only volleyball had been kind of a boy sport more frequently when we were kids. It's become really big in the boy uh, boy sport nowadays. You're right, bro. It's become a very popular sport among you know, the, mm-hmm. the fellows now. I feel like yeah. when we were kids, it was not. Would you agree? Correct. Not amongst the, the male folk. And it's, it seems like a really fun game. Like I don't know why it took us, you know, us guys a while to catch on to that, but um, it's a shame because uh, I don't know. All the boys seem to have a, a pretty good time with it. Mm-hmm. Boys also enjoy the pickleball these days. <laughs> Yeah, but I think a lot of people enjoy the pickleball these days, and it didn't exist when we were kids, so I can't really count that. Correct. I can't say, <laughs> why didn't we play that game that didn't exist when we were younger? Yeah. So. Did it not? I thought it was kind of an old game. I mean, I have no memory of hearing about pickleball up until maybe I five was, years ago. I but. thought it was more like from uh, Europe, though. I thought it was big in Oh, did you live in Europe when you were a lad? Yeah. <laughs> I think over there they pronounce it bocce. <laughs> is it, though? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because I've heard of bocce, but I have no yeah, idea what that is. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's I have heard of it. That's like a bowling type thing, isn't it? Like yeah, also duck yeah. fin bowling, yeah, bocce. Yeah, yeah. Not quite curling, not quite bowling. <laughs> bocce bowl. <laughs> isn't there something called bocce in uh in the language on Star Wars? Uh maybe. I don't know. I can't recall. The moisture evaporators? You have to go down to Tashi station in order to get a, <laughs> a new O ring for your moisture firm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds legit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Sal loved the dog that put it no- its nose places. <laughs> Sophia exits uh, yeah, the room, and uh, yeah, Dor- Dorothy belly aches about uh, to Blanche about how her mother keeps some things from her, even though she bared her heart. Blanche points out that you know you hide stuff from your mom all the time. And Dorothy's tone suddenly drops and says, "Yeah, but she doesn't know that." Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Rose comes out to the lanai, loudly proclaiming to be the smartest woman in the world. Right. She slaps down a piece of paper uh, that she asserts uh, has the answer to their renting concerns. Uh, says that uh, they can rent to as many people as, as she likes. Blanche quickly scans over the uh, contents of the Rose's permit 
which is apparently uh, to become a halfway house right. <laughs> uh, to the recently released criminals. Dorothy then uh, says that uh, she sure is the smartest woman in Burger World, yeah. which was Burger World a thing, or is it just something she made up for this joke? I don't know. I mean, it may have been a thing, but either way, it was a pretty mediocre joke. Yeah. Blanche points out that being qualified as a halfway house would open up their uh, uh, home to thieves, murderers, and men that haven't seen a woman in years and <laughs> just keep lifting weights. <laughs> and she uh, kind of starts staring off into space and asks Dorothy to remind her uh, what the downside is again. Right. Dorothy says that if they really want to stay together, they'll have to raise the $10,000. Uh, Blanche thinks that Rose should have to pay, as she is the one that invited the inspector, uh, which led to all of this. Rose, however, points out that uh, they were all roommates before Sophia moved in. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, clearly incensed by this, tells the girls that if anyone's going to kick her mother out, it'll be her. Right. Uh, the girls kind of bicker back and forth, clearly frustrated by the situation. Ultimately, they all uh, shirk responsibility for finding an equitable, equitable solution. Dorothy tells Blanche it'll be her funeral. Rose says, they, oh, good luck. You'll probably need a permit for that as well. Yeah, that was a solid Rose line. Uh, we change scene. Uh, Rose and uh, then Blanche and then Dorothy all meet up in the kitchen and apologize to one another, kind of hugging it out. Mm-hmm. Sophia then walks in and joins them, tells them uh, she's sorry as well. They all pull her into the group hug and tell her, you know, hey, it's our fault too. We love you. Sophia replies, hey, how were you supposed to know I had an accent in the hall? <laughs> Uh, upon hearing this, the hug ends, yeah. <laughs> and Sophia <laughs> kind of asks what they were all sorry about. Rose sits down at the table and says that uh, she did start this headache, and she should be the one to leave. Dorothy contests this, but Rose points out that, you know, it's an impossible choice. Blanche suggests that they do like the Russians. Vote. Right. Uh, side note, Boris Yeltsin was Russia's first democratically elected president, mm-hmm. serving from July 10th, 1991, mm-hmm. just earlier the year this was made, mm-hmm. uh, until December 31st, 1999. He was succeeded by Vladimir Putin, whose idea of democracy is somewhat lacking. <laughs> uh, Blanche passes around uh, pencils and paper to the girls uh, to write down their votes. Sophia requests that... Uh, the accident in the hall comment be uh, disregarded. Right. Rose says it's a waste of time, as she intends to write her own name down, uh, but they insist it's the only way to decide. Blanche collects the ballots, wishes the girls luck, and then reads Dorothy four mm-hmm. times in a row. <laughs> right. A clean sweep. There's so many other ways to resolve that besides this <laughs> secret ballot. Yeah, there's multiple ways, like pull, pulling their money, maybe call Stan. And be Some, like, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> Mr. Moneybags now. Yeah, there's lots of ways that that could have been Some resolved. Some of that uh, Borny money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if they'd have gone that, then we wouldn't have been able to introduce our newest feature. Oh, that's true. Yeah. What feature would that be? Vote off a podcaster. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to distribute three pieces of paper and let's all write down the name of somebody. We don't want to come back next week. I sure hope it's pick me. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, I wonder if that podcast is even still going. <laughs> it says follow through. Like, yeah. He was invited to join us. Right. <laughs> we picked him. That's true. We've not heard from him. Didn't you even uh, make him an MVP one time? I think he did. That I had it coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she had a clean sweep. Dorothy flashes a scowl at the girls. Very hurt, obviously. She says that... Uh, she only wrote her own name down, assuming the other girls were all going to put Rose's name. 
and then she did wanted to spare her feelings. Mm-hmm. Blanche thinks about it for a second and agrees, oh, that would hurt. And Dorothy blurts out, it does. <laughs> uh, looking uh, to be on the edge of tears, Rose again insists that, you know, she should be the one to go. She says that she loves them all, but we'll just have to find a new place to rent. So the girls are getting frantic at this point, but then Dorothy gets an idea. She realizes that the rule specifically says that they can't all rent from Blanche, uh, but suggests that uh, if they all became co-owners, uh, you know, that might be a way around it. They'd pay monthly rent, or month, they pay monthly like they uh, normally do already, but instead of paying rent, it'll just go directly toward the mortgage. Right. Uh, Blanche sarcastically agrees that it'd be a great solution, uh, but then shoots it down. I think she says, and then I'll just pay your, uh, buy your clothes and buy your food and everything too, <laughs> saying that it's her home and she lived there with George and has all these memories from her past, and it even holds her future as she moves on towards middle age. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, Dorothy looks up and uh, admits that, yeah, it is a lot to ask. Uh, Blanche agrees, saying that uh, she couldn't sell the home to anyone, even to them. Clearly upset, she leaves the room. The three renters are there, sitting at the table, left with their conundrum. Right. (laughs) Uh, Standing there with their pickle. (laughs) Scene change again. with the living room empty, Rose walks towards the door with a sorrowful look in her eyes and holding a single suitcase. As she opens the door, uh, Dorothy is there on the other side. Rose starts rambling, telling her friend not to try and talk her out of leaving. But Dorothy takes the suitcase and places it to the side, telling Rose, you know, shut up and simply listen. However, Rose continues to talk as if, as if she is Dorothy, asking for one last St. Olaf story before she leaves. Right. She starts in saying that... Uh, that if the St. Olafians, is that how she pronounced it? Yeah, said, uh, yeah, should I tell you about how the St. Olafians were one of the original lost tribes of Israel? <laughs> <laughs> Upon hearing this, though, Dorothy turns and yells, Taxi! <laughs> uh, she demands that Rose sit down on the couch. She tells her friend that she can't leave because she's too important. Realizing that that sounds a bit implausible, she edits herself and simply says that they love her. Yeah. Just then, Don knocks on the still open door and lets himself in, asking the girls who they decide will leave. <laughs> seems a little presumptuous. Uh, and I don't know why he'd be doing the follow-up anyway. I mean, right. it seems like his job was done when he did the inspection, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's part of his uh, job as follow-up. Uh, Dorothy explains to him that uh, even though they are an unconventional group, they are still a family and they can't get split up. All while she's kind of slinging insults back and forth with Sophia, uh, aimed at their recent breach of trust with the box. Mm-hmm. While he seems to understand the, their stance, he's, he seems like a decent dude. Yeah. Uh, he replies that you know he still needs to file his report. Uh, the result will be either bringing up, uh, the building up to code or somebody will have to leave. Blanche, however, stops him and tells him that uh, they are no longer living in her house. It's their house that they all share. She says that they'll sign the deed tomorrow and that nobody will have to leave. Don kind of chuckles and says, you got me, indicating that they did indeed find a loophole in the rules. Uh, He turns to leave and Blanche invites him to stop back by after the hot tub is installed. He he seems intrigued by the offer. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The girls kind of huddle around Blanche and thank her for her very generous decision. Meanwhile, Sophia excited to own land after only 80 years. Right. Uh, yeah, I have so many issues, though, with the whole thing there. Because, number one, they could have definitely, like, you know, 
I'm going slightly back, but you know, with Blanche throwing a hissy fit about the idea of them being co-owners of the house, uh-huh. couldn't they have bought a percentage of the house, or wouldn't it just have been in name only? Would any of them have like taken her to court for their right, ownership yeah. stake when they're ready to move out? They just signed their part back over to her. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that if somebody gives you a portion of a house, then that is uh, something you'd probably have to potentially claim on taxes depending on how much the value of that property is worth. Oh, mm-hmm. Probably so. Um, I mean, Blanche would at least have to claim it on it as a gift tax or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if they're not actually going to be, you know, paying her money, now I guess perhaps that would be the case that she's not giving them the house, that she's selling them each mm-hmm. a portion of it. But still, I think there you could use that idea in so many other slightly devious ways that yeah. would, would fit within the letter of the law. I agree. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, so um, Sophia's excited to have a uh, land finally. She says, mm-hmm. I'll start planting. Right. And then uh, Bland says that, you know, it was her family's home, but now they are all her family. Mm-hmm. She hugs Dorothy and Rose. And Sophia sits down and starts singing aloud that she'll raise rabbits. Rabbits as big as your head. Which rabbits are typically as big as a head, wouldn't you say? <laughs> like, that's not an extraordinary rabbit. <laughs> that is a very average rabbit, in my opinion. If anything, I would say a rabbit as big as my head would be, you know, maybe below average. I don't know. But I'm sure there are rabbits smaller, but again, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be impressed if someone holds maybe, up a may, rabbit. Maybe if she meant uh, the belly girth or something would be as big as a head. It could be. Or maybe she knows Peyton Manning. He has a quite a, quite a large head, so... He does indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't, yeah, he'd have been alive. He's like, sorry. Sorry, kids now in the uh, football, they're, they're pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was around 22 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we changed the scene again. Uh, I think last time, actually. It used to be 32 years ago. Yeah, gross. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> it is so gross. Dorothy knocks on Sophia's bedroom door while kind of just letting herself in. Mm-hmm. She tells her mother that they need to make amends uh, from the past several days. Sophia whips back, though, get off my land or mm-hmm. my property. Dorothy implores her mother to open up and explain the photo. She points out that they you know, do have their ups and downs, but they s- still are real good about talking out their problems. Mm-hmm. Sophia tells her daughter that uh, the man in the picture was indeed her first husband, Guido Spirelli, uh, that they were matched uh, through an arranged marriage, uh, which was later annulled. She goes on to say that... Uh, they were intended from the age of nine, and by village standards, he was a pretty good catch, uh, but that she did not love him, and he was a bit of a workaholic, having inherited the family business of, quote, getting even. Yeah, that was solid. Sophia tells her uh, daughter that uh, she wouldn't understand, because, you know, she's not ever lived that life, but that she'd gone against uh, centuries of her tradition by leaving her husband and then coming to America. She asks that she not tell others as she views it as somewhat shameful. Mm-hmm. Dorothy insists that it must go into the family history. She immediately pulls out a uh, voice recorder and starts to dictate, but instead of painting it as a picture of shame, however, she states her mother was a pioneer in women's rights and left everything she ever knew to assert her freedom and ultimately marry a man that she loved, showing courage and strength. Mm-hmm. Right? And really she did. That's a pretty big leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Leap for another country. And as a postscript, script, uh, Guido ended up being playing the jester in a medieval-themed restaurant. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> so he smiles and tells her daughter that she makes her very proud. Mm. Dor- Dorothy shares the sentiment, saying that she makes her very proud. 
Uh, and Sophia makes a si signature sarcastic line. Hope you're not waiting for a hug. But Dorothy kind of shakes her head and then says, ah, come here, you tramp, and gives her mother a big hug. Mm -hmm. And that's when we fade out. Isn't that what you normally say to your mom? Yes. <laughs> that's our little, that's my pet name for her. Yeah. <laughs> there was an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where he was trying to tell his friends, like, oh, you know, he could call his wife anything in a sweet <laughs> name because she wasn't paying attention to what he said anyway. <laughs> and he called her a smelly tramp. And, <laughs> and she did She did hear it, and he ended up in the doghouse because of it. It was a... <laughs> It was a funny show. Um, it was. It was a really good show. So. Uh, well, we only had one single guest actor in that one. Uh, he was a solid one, though. Richard yeah. Stahl. Mm -hmm. Played Don, 137 titles to his name. His uh, only Golden Girls. Uh, probably best known for 93 episodes of It's a Living mm -hmm. as a Howard Miller. Yeah. Was there anything that you were a big fan of his from, Brent? Uh, it's a Living. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. Really so, yeah. And then, uh, so Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? I gave it to Blanche. Mm. I, I said even though Rose was showing uh, uh, some grit, first by uh, wanting to follow those local statutes, right? You know, and knowing them uh, mysteriously, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then later on she uh, insisted that the uh, she be the gold to venture forth. But I thought ultimately Blanche's generosity is what saved the day and kept them together. Fair enough. How about you, Brent? What was the question? Uh, MVP. <laughs> yeah, MVP. Yeah. It was Don. Don, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you'd ask that or the slices of uh. cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Don. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's like, I don't know, he's just really chill. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we got off on the wrong foot here. Yeah. You know? It's one of those things that, like, it didn't matter, no matter what Blanche would have thrown at him, I think he would have stayed, you know, fairly chill about mm -hmm. everything. Just let it roll off his back. He yeah, seems exactly. like that kind of guy. Yeah. Exactly. She could have been like, I pay my taxes, wear earmuffs, and you're right. like, okay, it's $40. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think both of you make compelling arguments. Both of you are wrong, of course, because Rose was the MVP of that episode, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought she had Did the best you give lines it for the overall. Same reason I have. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, well, I in in par partially. Um, although I don't necessarily like somebody who's that strict of a rule follower. <laughs> you seem like the kind of person who might be like that, but the IRS might disagree with my assessment. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you not do you not pay your fair share? Oh, I pay all my taxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. <laughs> not gonna say. My gut feeling is that his wife barely breaks even if even mm -hmm. because of her travel expenses and whatnot. And if she <laughs> itemized everything, she wouldn't owe anything anyway. Mm -hmm. So if, if if old Johnny Taxman comes a knock and <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll just have some paperwork they have to file. <laughs> That's my guess. But do you guys claim Camden as a defendant? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably do have more than 51% of the time. So yeah, we be... really don't anymore. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, it was quite a bit. but uh... That slowed down quite a lot. Oh, yeah, quite a bit. Well, I guess uh, good I for I your daughter. more of them. Yeah, good for your daughter for, you know. Stepping up. Exactly, and good for, uh, sad for you guys for seeing them a bit less. But Well, if I do end up finding a new job, I think that'll be one of my kind of criteria is that I'd like to have a little more freedom in my schedule mm. like, throughout the week. Yeah, because most, most jobs are fine. <laughs> you just take a liberty. Mention that, well, no, no, mention I mean, that like, in your interview. I'm like, looking for something that'll allow me to duck out in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> no, like work from home maybe, like uh, a few days a week or something. Mm -hmm. So you can care for an infant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite honestly. 
I won't lie. I want him to lean over so I can see him. I know I'm not into a, you know role playing as much as you are, but <laughs> when it's time for you to interview, maybe we should <laughs> workshop some of these. <laughs> see, my level of honesty is a little too high. That made me smart a little bit there, Brian. <laughs> yeah. But I will definitely agree with your sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyways, all right, Ski. Well, how many slices of cheesecake did this one get for you? I liked it better than the last one. I gave it six. Oh wow! I said the episode was a bit of a sentimental on the bit on the sentimental side, but it does show how they've all grown to love each other so much and become a family. Well, I liked it exactly as much as the last one. I gave this one a four too. I thought it was another middle of the road episode. Um, what about you, Brent? I give it five, um, same as I did last week, but. I just thought it was it was a four episode except for Don. He, oh, okay. he made it a five. So yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, I think we've covered this episode and all of our prerequisites. But Ski, I'm hoping that you're going to regale us with a tale. I, I do have something. I hope you guys like it. I'm sure we will. You're undefeated so far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The once upon a time in Saint Olaf. <laughs> all right. Let me compose myself. A young Marty. Is it, so is this another freestanding one? What do you mean? Like they're, they're just not tied to anything. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, you make your, make your own determination. You know? Not started your Saint Olaf space opera yet, <laughs> where you jump straight into episode four. And <laughs> a young Marty McFlugan Hoover <laughs> got out of school and jumped on his footwheel slat, which is the Saint Olaf brand name of skateboard which uses old fence panels. Mm. He quickly rode it over to old Doc Brownfeldson's house. <laughs> Doc had been tutoring Marty as he was falling behind in science class. In return, Marty was helping Doc out with some home experiments, including the construction of a time machine. I hope that this is just a complete retelling (laughs) (laughs) of uh, of Back to the Future, just with slightly different names. (laughs) It is not that intricate. Uh, I, I don't like where this is going. Because I'm sure in this story, Ski is like the Marty McFly character, mm-hmm. and he's already established he views me as the mother character. If only you were younger, <laughs> he'd be really into you. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine a 19-year-old Brent. Woo! <laughs> exactly. Gonna get myself a time machine and go back. To <laughs> Back when Brent was the pretty young thing. <laughs> I mean, imagine that that wit <laughs> with the young man's body. <laughs> with the full head of hair. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Ski. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> making the time machine. Much of the town looked down on Doc, calling him a crazy old coot, even by St. Olaf standards. When Marty arrived, Doc was hard at work in his garage, which also served as a barn for his animals, an outhouse for his poop. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Ski's reading this as if it's a Mad Lib. (laughs) (laughs) And a laboratory for his many attempted but failed inventions. Marty enters and asks, what's up, Doc? His elder flashes him a disconcerted look and asks why everything has to be up with young people these days. 
Why not the draft? <laughs> <laughs> you kids in your ED medicine. <laughs> in my day, when you got to a certain age, flaccid was what you had, and that's what you dealt with. Exactly. And you liked it. <laughs> it was a joke on the heavy comic. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, why not the gravity safe? What's going down? Or the classic, how art thou? <laughs> Doc's face gets serious, though, and he tells Marty that he thinks he cracked it. Marty instantly assumes he means the secret to time travel. Doc, Doc replies, well, actually, I meant my hen's last egg of the season. But yes, that too. Mm-hmm. He takes him over to a chalkboard where he's scrawled a variety of inane-looking equations mm-hmm. with truly reprehensible penmanship. <laughs> Marty looks at, in bewilderment and reminds Doc that he's not even passing high school chemistry. There's no way he'd understand any of that. Doc agrees. He points over to a calendar on the wall showing that it's September 1965. He walks over and grabs a helmet and places it onto Marty's head. He then pulls down a pair of blocked-out sunglasses that completely obscure his view. Confused, Marty exclaims, What's the big deal? I can't see a thing. Doc responds, Good. It's meant to protect your eyes during the trip. He sits Marty down in the passenger seat of his two-seater dune buggy and tells him to, Hold on! Doc springs across the room and immediately starts making a crazy racket, using a variety of unconventional instruments. The result is a whooshing sound mixed with a sci-fi laser beam tone. Mm-hmm. He then hurries over, flips the calendar back to August 1965, <laughs> mm-hmm. and returns to the driver's seat uh, of the dune buggy. He exclaims, we did it, Marty! <laughs> Take off the helmet! <laughs> Marty then flips up <laughs> the glasses and takes off the helmet. Doc motions over to the calendar, and Marty's face lights up with astonishment. This is unbelievable, Doc. You can change the world with this invention. What are you going to do with this kind of power? Are you going to tell anyone? Would they even believe you without proof? Will we be in trouble after this? <laughs> Doc calms down his young friend and assures him that this is only the first trip and that they had to pick a relatively close time for, for testing purposes. Mm-hmm. He sits Marty back in the seat and re-secures his helmet and protective eyewear. Again, he puts on, his sound, or puts on the sound effects display, impressively consistent with the first performance. Mm. He flips the calendar back and returns to his seat next to Marty. He takes off the helmet, looks at the young man, still reeling from the amazing journey, and says to him, okay, let's focus on ionic and covalent bonds today. The end. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) see, I definitely like the idea that Marty is, you know, your typical St. Olaf Rube. <laughs> but I don't know how I feel about Doc Brown being a huckster. <laughs> but a fun story nonetheless. Especially the outhouse that holds his poop. <laughs> or stores his poop. I can't remember. For sure. I don't realize that. <laughs> I'm a little confused about a hen laying her last egg of the season. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a certain time where she well, like... hibernate. <laughs> Hens hibernate? Yeah, of course. What? No. <laughs> uh, well, those mountain hens. <laughs> okay, Henny, time to hold it until March. Let's say no lot. I feel I can be very liberal with some of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, well, well done, Ski. Another, yeah. uh, another good story. Yeah, very nice. So. Well, do either of you two have any additional comments before we close out this episode? No, I can't compete with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's back to the future. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, you figure whenever anybody is listening to this, it's kind of like they're time traveling mm-hmm. because we don't, you know, release this live. So they're always hearing us in the past. They're hearing <laughs> younger versions of ourselves. Exactly. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're like Marty McFly. Flugan Hooven or whatever. He's Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm Biff. Yeah. You know, plenty of references to Huey Lewis and the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like Back to the Future. And I remember you used to be an asshole until I beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem weird to me now, like thinking about going back to the past and just talking about a hot young Brent. That, like, <laughs> I met a Brent in his 20s, and it just, yeah, he was a hot thing back then, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. He wasn't German or successful, but. <laughs> <laughs> One out of three wasn't bad. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, I hope everybody's enjoying the future. Um, (laughs) And uh, until next time, uh, stay golden, Coco. We'll see you even further in the future. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.